this afternoon. It's so weird having an afternoon meeting. I keep saying this morning. Uh, but Bruce is a, a good friend of ours, Bruce and Myra. We know them well. And a good friend of this church. So, Bruce, but you need no introduction here. And uh, all yours, you, you have freedom to do what God wants to do. Good morning, guys. You know what? It's, it'll be so lacquer if we could maybe just come a bit closer. I really want to talk to you more than preach at you. It doesn't make sense. Hey? It'll be really great. I mean, you can stay there if you want, but why don't we come a little bit closer? Maybe you guys just pull in here. Um, I did a men's group yesterday morning in Clarkstorp uh, at 5.30. Amazing, eh? They got together at 5.30. And uh, we had about 50 men, and we had a really, really sweet time. I reckon God is, is doing some, is wanting to do some things with guys, with men. Amen? I reckon uh, society is really trying to emasculate us. You know? And um, hey, we celebrate that God wants to release ladies. Come on. We have to do that, am I right? I posted, I don't know if you saw the thing, I posted on the wall about that girl that just transformed you, Yanganda, and South Sudan. So the problem is that when we, when sometimes when ladies here say God wants to give the men, you know, we think the fight's against women. It's not against women. We want women to be released, but we want men to be released. But what the world does, in order to elevate women, they pull men down. And in order to elevate men, then they want to pull women down. We don't, want, we don't want to do that. We want both to rise to become who they were supposed to be in Christ. Yeah. Amen. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm not, I, mean, I, I know Glenn played, but I want to pray as well. I really, I really think that God wants to break some lies off of our hearts tonight. Today, tonight, last week, whatever. <laughs> Lord, we come before you in Jesus' name. I really love what was said about we can do all things through Christ who strengthened us. Christ is enough for me. Lord, we don't want that to be a song we sing, but we want it to be an anthem that we shout out. And so, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, for myself even, Lord, I want you to minister to me this afternoon as well. I want you to minister to every one of us here and say, Father, we come against every vain thought, every imagination, every hard thing, every lie in our hearts, in our spirits, in our souls, in our minds, in our will and our emotions that is limiting us from becoming the full potential that you've put inside of us as your sons, that you would bind that thing, rebuke that thing, and you would rip it out by the roots this, this afternoon. And Lord, we pray, like Lennon said, in place of that spur of the Most High God. Lord Jesus, come and baptize us with the Holy Spirit and power and fire so that we can know the truth, we can be set free from, for, by the truth, and we can step into the more that you have for us. I pray for every man here, Lord, for a greater increase and a greater measure and a release of faith, hope, and love into their hearts like never before. Thank you for Hope City Church. Love the name. Thank you that Christ, you inside of us, is the hope of glory. 
And thank you that we can participate in your glory. And so help us with that, we ask. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Max, you're going to share, eh? Max wanted to just hear a five-minute testimony, if that's okay. So, what you say? Thank you, Bruce. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so um, I want to share my testimony. I, as we were singing, um, you know, I had another testimony that I wanted to share, but as we were singing, worshiping God, was reminded to share a testimony that will, I believe the Lord is going to spark faith in, in our hearts. Maybe it's one or two people here that God wants to spark faith in. So this is the testimony about me, about um, what God has done in my life. So I was born a stutterer. I couldn't, I couldn't really speak well. And I never read at school. I couldn't finish a sentence at all. And so at school, um, if I would try to uh, speak, other kids would laugh at me and, yeah, it would turn to be a mess, you know. You know, beating, you know, kids and, and the like. So I was never allowed to even to, to read. So I grew up like that. And yeah, because I would get angry and then I would become violent and, and the like. And so I grew up like that. And uh, long story short, on my wedding day, standing before, you know, thousands of people and I'm getting married. I couldn't repeat after the marriage officer. And the church were praying for me. In that moment, I felt like, God, I wish I had wings. I'll just fly away. Why me? Why? Just repeating after the marriage office, I couldn't. It took me time. And the pastor was so patient with me. And sure, it was really something. Then God had spoken to me in 1997. Jesus came to me in a night vision, and in that vision, he was walking towards me, and so the brightness of his glory blinded off my eyes, and I was on my knees with my hands open because he was holding something that I discovered it was his word because he said, Max, I'm giving you my word. I want you to go to the nations with my word, preach my word. And so I was, um, I was a young man when, he, when I saw that vision. And um, one day I was working in the ceiling. And as I was working in the ceiling, the, the Holy Spirit met me in that ceiling. I mean, I, I did electrical work. So I'm an electrician by profession. So the Holy Spirit met me when I was working in the ceiling. I'd let my guys go for lunch. And then the Holy Spirit, the, the atmosphere just changed. I thought, something has changed. And I had a voice, Max, are you willing to offer up your Isaac for the work I've called you for? Yeah, that was a big thing for me. So twice I had that. And then I prayed over it the other day. I said, God, speak to me. And God spoke to me. I said, yes, it's about time for you to go. But I had to, bar you know, to box with God. God, how am I going to speak to people? You know, I can't speak, but you're sending me. I could, I could feel this burning inside of me that the Lord is speaking to me. But I can't speak. 
there's one day when I endeavored to speak something which the Lord had put in my heart, and I couldn't, and the whole church, you know, broke out and just laughed, and I walked away crying. And I said, Lord, what have I done? Why did I? I shouldn't have walked there. Why have I made a fool out of me? And now God is saying, go and plant a church. It was a hard thing. And I said, God, if this is what you want people to be saved with, then Lord, you're enough for me. I'm going. So I, w I went to see my wife and I told her. Yes. So the Isaac, the Isaac was the project that, uh, that uh, the tender that God had given us. It was a big tender with great potential, you know, for us to buy a car and, to, yeah, that's right, to buy, you know, some things and, you know, yeah, we were happy, you know. It was like, wow, what a breakthrough. And then God called us before, just before, you know, we, I think it was, you know, uh, we didn't do much. We're just starting, and then God is calling me. So it was a big thing for me because I had dreams for, for that big project. But I said, okay, God, it's fine. So I handed it over to a friend, and then that project, yeah, that was Isaac God was uh, talking about. So, and my wife and I, we went to, to Norton. God said, um, I said, God, help me to face my fears. We talk, uh, we're saying about laying our fears before the feet of Jesus. So I said, God, I'm, I'm going to face my fears and help me not to allow this to affect me anymore. If people love me, Father, I thank you. Yes, I'm not going to allow this to distract me or affect me in any way. I'm going with my family. So two weeks later, we relocated. Yes. Tendai, I was so sick worried. So I was just cutting off some of the things so that, you know, I don't eat you know, much time. So <laughs> he knows my testimony. So Tendai, I was praying because I was afraid. What is Tendai going to say? My wife. And you know, telling him that God is calling us and we are leaving this project. And yeah, that's right. And so I said, God, you need to give me grace. So when I told Tendai about it, she said, God has been speaking to me and I was fighting how I can, how I can speak to you, how I can tell you. So it was like, wow, why are we, what are we waiting for? So two weeks later, we, we went to Norton to, you know, to, to plant a church. So worked three, four, I think it was the fourth month, I was preaching to my family. My mom, yes, Bruce knows the testimony. <laughs> so he's reminding me some of the things. I'm trying to cut off some of the things. But anyway, my mom, I went to my mom. I said, Mom, God is calling me. And she looked at me and said, calling you to do what? I said, to plant a church. And she laughed at me because she carried me nine months. And she did everything to help me to speak well, but it never worked. And now I'm telling you. God is calling me to go and preach the gospel, to plant a church. I said, are you out of your mind? She laughed at me. I said, Mom, I can't shake it off. God is calling me. I've got to go. And so the first month, second, I was preaching to my, to my wife and my small boys. Now my son is, is grown up. If, maybe you can stand up. Other guys can see you. That's my firstborn. He was two years. 
he was two years, and his young brother was, was one year. So I used to take him with me to, you know, into the streets, and I'm there, and you now I'm stopping people, and people want to, Jesus, loved you. And, and now they would look at me and say, what is this guy? And, you know, the embarrassment, the shame, I went through that sometimes. It would get under my nerve, but I said, God, this is what, if this is what God, you've called me for, be glorified. Sometimes the journey is not easy, but we've got to be willing to carry the cross and follow Jesus. I think it was the fourth month, fourth month and I was preaching to my family. I think there was another guy. Sunday yes, Sunday morning. And another guy, I think, yeah. So, yeah. So, with one guy, new guy. And I'm preaching. I didn't see it. I felt something like what I felt in that ceiling. Now, the, the encounters that we have with God, we need to keep those because God will, you will remember. You don't need to be confused. You remember this is God. So, I felt something had happened in that service. But I didn't really see it. My wife saw it. I felt it. After, after church, my wife said, God has healed you. And from that moment, you never stutter. I said, oh, I felt something. And then the next, and from there, I discovered, wow, I'm speaking. And from there, God loosened my tongue. And here is the lesson that God taught me. If you had not obeyed me, or if you had prayed to wait until you see, you were not going to walk in the full dimension of my blessing. You were not going to get the healing. You don't have to wait until you see. You've got to take my word and step out. Even when it doesn't make any sense, just step out by faith. Even when people ridicule you, laugh at you, doesn't matter. Are we willing as men? We are here as men when God challenges you even to leave this country for something that is calling you for. Here's the word that I want to close with. Whatever God calls us into is always bigger than what he's calling out from. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you.
Yes. And to ask us, Jesus Christ, what my friend, the Christ, Jesus Christ. Including me, I've got some things that I've got doubts that I'm facing right now. I'm telling you, I'm afraid. But if I pray, Lord, I want those things to go away. Are you still with me, Pastor? Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a glorious Father and King and that you've called us by your own glory and your own goodness, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father God, that uh, you're working in our hearts. Thank you, Father, for this testimony that, Lord, you're speaking to us in some other areas of our lives. And I pray that, Lord God Almighty, the same faith and the same grace that you have given me, Father, to be able to obey and to step out. Father, that, Lord, the same grace would be released, Lord God, on these men. I'm asking of you, Father, that, Lord God, this may be transferred to them. And I pray that your glory would manifest in them. Show yourself strong on their behalf. Father, I thank you for I've seen the clutches being broken in my life. And I'm walking in that glory today. And I pray that your glory, Jesus, may be preached even to the very ends of the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that great, eh? Encouraged by that, hey? So good. And I'll ask you one question. Who are you? If I say, who are you? Now, I'm not going to give you the mic, but I just want you to answer that question. Who am I? Who am I? I want to talk to you about who you are today. And it, uh, it's, <laughs> I'm on this journey as you, you know, from the last time I was here, and I tell you, I'm further on the journey than I was two years ago. But I'm still not where I want to be on this journey. Are you with me? But man, it's exciting. And I'm discovering who I am and whose I am. And I'm hoping today that it's going to help you big time. Amen? I hope it's going to help you big time, you know. If you've been blessed to have a dad and a mom that love you and believe in you and back you and give you a sense of identity and give you a sense of self-worth and give you this, hey, man, I can do anything in my life, you're blessed beyond belief. Because most people don't grow up with that. Most people grow up with what Max grew up with. You're nothing, you're no one. You'll never amount to anything, and you can't do what you want to do anyway. So just stay where you are. And I'm telling you, that is opposite to what God the Father says about you, what the Father God planned for you, and what he wants for you. Amen? God has got dreams for you. God has got a destiny for you. God has got a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants you to discover that and discover him. And he wants you to walk in the fullness of the things that he's got for you. 
And I want to talk to you about that today. Is that cool? You know, Paul writes and he says this. He says, I know whom I've believed in and I've entrusted it to him for that day. He doesn't say, I know what I believe. I think too many of us Christians, we know what we believe. And the problem with the, what we believe, it's all head knowledge, it's all intellectual, and the what has never impacted this, our hearts. Are you with me? So we've got this great theoretical knowledge, and we can quote scriptures, and we can claim scriptures, but what we, what we quote, and what we claim, and what we live, and what we experience, there's a disconnect, because it hasn't dropped into our hearts. And, and I get that. But that's because Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with the living God. And it's a whom I've believed in. And when I know whom I've believed in, I know who I am. Do you understand? And then Max's story can come true in our lives. Because now we're walking with our King. Now we're walking with our Lord. Now we're following the whom not just going along with a what. Does that, does, that, does that make sense to you? And I want to talk a little bit around that today. So, in Romans chapter 8, you know, Romans chapter 8 is, is all about sonship, amen, and, and, and what we've been given in Christ. And in, um, in verse 17, it says this. Sorry, in verse 19. Listen to this. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Now, what, what does that mean for you? What does it mean for you that creation is waiting in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed? What I believe this means is that the, the, for verse 20 says, For creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. I, so this is, what I, this is what I firmly believe. That at the fall of man, sin entered the world. And we fell from God's glorious image and likeness as his sons and as his daughters. And then creation was subject to sin and to the curse and to the fall and to sickness and to death and to disease. And Jesus came as the second Adam. To, Jesus became a son of man so that the fallen sons of man can be reconciled to the Father to become sons of the living God and to represent him and his kingdom on earth and to bring his kingdom from heaven to earth. Amen? And it's kingdom now, but it's also kingdom one day. We don't live in the fullness of that kingdom now, but we can, have, we can definitely bring something of that kingdom now, and we're going to look forward to one day. And it's, 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 there's suffering now, but there's also glory now. Okay, it says, there, it says this in, um, in verse 17 of Romans 8, now we are children, and if we are, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we will share in his suffering, 
in order that we may share in his glory. Two things here, glory and suffering. I was thinking to myself, this is going to sound like a prosperity message that I'm preaching today. Are you with me? And I, and I believe that God wants to bless us. Honestly, I believe that with all of my heart. But I don't believe that suffering is not part of the journey. I believe in suffering as well. You understand? I think some of the prosperity gospel, it, they don't mention suffering. They don't bring suffering into it. Are you with me? Just give and God's going to bless you. And, you know, if you have suffering, you, you lack faith. I don't, I don't buy that part of it. Are you with me? I believe that these, these two things work in hand, that, that there's, there's suffering, but that suffering produces something in us that leads us to glory. You with me? So, so Max had a word from God. And he had to suffer. He had to give away a contract. Worth, I don't know how many dollars it was worth, but it was worth a lot of dollars. He had to suffer the shame and the ridicule of his mom. He had to take a step of faith and go and witness to people in the streets, like he gave an example of. And he had to preach. And for four months, there was this pain and the suffering. But in that moment, boom, the glory of God is manifest in his life. There's a breakthrough in his life. And I mean, how many years ago was that, Max? 25 years ago? 20 years ago? I don't know. How old is Ephraim? So he's 22 years ago. Okay. 2000, so 23 years ago, okay? And how old were you then? Well, how old are you now? Okay, 26. So watch out. For 26 years of his life, he had lived with this thing. A lot of suffering, a lot of shame, a lot of ridicule, a lot of mocking. But God wanted that reproach rolled away. He wanted that thing done. There was a clear instruction and there was a step of faith that he faced it, he faced his giant head on. God broke that suffering off of him and glory came and now he's lived in 23 years of glory and it's still ticking. Because I don't think Max is gonna die anytime soon. Are you with me? And 20, the 24 years or 26 years of his life compared to let's say he lives until 90, that's gonna be forgotten. And the glorious things that God does through him speaking and teaching and preaching the gospel already, even in Zim and now at Lighthouse. And in, yeah, it's amazing what God has done. Am I right, Max? Do you get it? And so if you, if you suffer, it, you, you share any suffering, the promises, the hope is, the faith is, the love is that we will share in his glory. Do you understand that? And, I, and, and this is important. So why is creation waiting for the sons of God to be manifest. Because when the sons of God are manifest, creation in those areas is liberated from its own suffering, from its own issues. You become a deliverer. You become a liberator of people and circumstances and situations. And literally when the kingdom of God comes through you, in not just people and things, but places are restored. Where, where the gospel comes, where the kingdom of God comes, Things are changed, are you with me? Not just, not just people, but environments and even, yeah, like, like pollution and all of those things. You know, when, when, when the gospel comes into, you've got to Rwanda now. You cannot believe how clean that place is. The, 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 they, 
that the gospel has come into that nation and it's cleaned up that nation. You literally, you go across the river to the DRC and it's abject poverty and filth and it's actually, you can smell the difference. Because in the one, sons of God have been manifest, the gospel has come and the, the place has been cleaned up, physically, mentally, spiritually. On the other side, they're living in darkness. Do you, are you following me? And you, every one of you, carry Christ in you, the hope of glory inside of you, and have the potential to release that in your life, in your family, in your marriage, to your children, into this community. And I promise you now, the devil's number one aim and game in your life is to keep on beating you down and keep on pushing you down because he doesn't want you to discover your true identity. He wants you to live in suffering and pain and he does not want you to partake in God's glory at all because then he knows he's got you beat. Are you with me this afternoon? Happy with that, guys? Okay, so, so what is creation doing? It's groaning and waiting for the sons of God to be manifest. I reckon God's number one aim for your life is that you would manifest as a son of God. You happy with that? Jesus, and I know this is elementary, so I'm just going to try and lay a little bit of it in platform here. Jesus in John chapter 1, the Bible says this. It says this, um, verse 9, John chapter 1, verse 9. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, you'll love that, but it's a, it's a hope word. To, those who, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave what? The right to become children of God. Children not born of a natural decision or of a husband's will or a human decision, but born of God. Now, what you've got to appreciate is God, Jesus has given you what? A right. And that right is to be what? A child of God. That means that you have the right to manifest as a son of God. Jesus won you that right to manifest as a son of God. It's part of your, the, what you got at salvation. You happy with that? It's fundamental. My friend Brent Brady says this. Every single problem we have in life is a misunderstanding and a misappropriation of the gospel. And it's a root thing you don't understand. The gospel, in this area of your life, the gospel hasn't yet reached its fullness and you need to ask God to unlock it. And this is one aspect of the gospel that we need to ask God to uh, set us free from all the lies and bring revelation that you are have the right to be a child of God, a son of God. Are you with me there? Okay, so first scripture, creation is waiting for us to manifest the sons of God. What gives us the ability to manifest the sons of God? Jesus won the right for us to become children of God. Yes? In Romans chapter, in, in John chapter 8, the Bible says that Jesus is speaking to those who, who are believing in him. But they, they, they're on the journey, but he, but he says to them, you belong to your father, the devil, and you carry out his desires. Yo, they, they're not yet saved. They're not yet born again. They're listening to me. They want to get, and, 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 and they say, 
We've never been slaves of anyone. Our only father we have is God himself. And Jesus says, man, if God was your father, and Moses and Abraham, then you would do the things that they did. But you belong to your father, the devil, and you carry out his desires. It's amazing. So, so and then, and then, but then he says, but if you come to me, are you with me? If you eat my flesh, if you drink my blood, I can give you the right to become children of God. And that's what he came to do for us. Are you happy with that? Now, the, the parable of the, I'm, I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a foundation to then show you what you have access to as a son of God. So I'm showing you that you are a son of God, and I want to show you the access you have as a son of God. So the story of the prodigal, we all know it. Anyone yet doesn't know the story of the prodigal? Okay, so I can take it for granted that most of you know the story, eh? Okay, so there's three sons in the story, am I right? There's three sons in the story, am I right? Huh? Who says three? Good. Who says two? Come on. Who's undecided? Okay. <laughs> so give me the story of the first son. The younger son, eh? What it, hold on, hold on. So let's just unpack him before we move on. So what does he say to the father? Give me. Give me. Are you with me? He says, give me. And he, and he basically, does he want anything to do with the father? Nothing. Does he want the father's stuff? Big time. He wants all of the father's material blessing, but he wants nothing of the father's presence. He wants nothing of the father's advice. And he wants nothing of the Father's guidance. Am I right? So what happens to him? He spends it, he, ta he takes it all, he, ge he gets it. Okay, this is, this is important to understand. What does the Bible say? So the Father divided it equally between them. Am I right? Okay, well, let's quickly check here. Um, watch out. So he divided his property between them. That's verse 12. Give me my share of the estate. So, yeah, it's not saying equal. So it doesn't matter, but he got a share. Are you with me? And I agree with you. The older brother would have got a double portion or whatever, okay? So if he got a double portion, there's two of them, then that's what he gets, right? Anyway, so we know what happens. He goes and he squanders all his wealth. Am I right? And there he's in the pigsty, and he's hungry, but, and he wants to eat what the pigs are charring. Am I right? And then what does he say to himself? What, what, what happens? He comes to what? He comes to his senses. And when you come to your senses, you realize some things. And we need to come to our senses in terms of understanding that we're the sons of God. We need to come to our senses to understand that God and creation is longing and waiting for us to manifest as his sons. Okay? Now, I, I love what you said about my brother, the, Indian guy, what, the, guy, the lead singer, what is his name? Brandon. Brandon was singing about expectation. Because just, just remind me if I don't mention it to, to, to talk about that. Are you with me? Because this, this preach is going to encourage you to do some things, and it's going to sound like you've got some expectations. But by the end of it, hopefully I'm going to show you how God never ever gives you an expectation or God never has an expectation for you that he's not fully able to meet in you. 
Do you understand? So everything God asks of you, he empowers you to live out as a son. Okay? So he comes to his senses, eh? And this is what he says here. When he came to his senses, verse 17, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? Hey, my father's house, there's abundance. Even the hired hands, even the slaves, even the guys that are working there, they have food to spare, and I am starving to death. This looks a son, right? This is a son of a wealthy man, and he's starving to death. Do you think he's manifesting as a son? Definitely not. Now, listen, please. I will go out and go back to my father and say to him, I've sinned against heaven and against earth. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me. Interesting, he first says, give me, eh? Now he says what? Make me. Watch, but watch this. Like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. How much faith does this guy got? Hey? None. What is he, what is, what, what, what's he aiming for? Hey? Say again. To be a servant. Right? To be a hired man in his father's house. Because I completely disqualified myself. I've lost all my dad's money. I didn't want him. I didn't want his advice. I didn't want him to speak to my life. I, I basically took all of his stuff, gave him the middle finger, and said, I'm out of here. I'm not, I've disqualified myself from sonship. I'm disqualified myself from ever being a son in his house. So I'm just going to go and I'm going to say, make me one of your slaves. Make me one of your servants. How many of us have that mentality? We've come out of the world. We've come out of the thing. And like we're coming back to church. And like that's what we've settled for. Just, just make me a slave in your house, Father. Amazing, isn't it? Eh? Now, you know what happens. He comes back. We'll look at it in a moment. And then what happens is, so what happens? The father, so well, let me read it. Just While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arm around him, and he kissed him. The son said to him, he starts his speech, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. This is repentance. This is confession of sin. So powerful, my friend. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. That's all he gets through, eh? But he just cuts him off. Hey, servants, quick, quick. The father said to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Which one? The best robe. Sounds like Joseph and the, I mean, the, the, the Technicolor dream coat, eh? Bring the best robe and put him. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandal on his feet. Now, ring speaks of covenant, eh? And sandals, sons wore sandals. Slaves didn't wear sandals. If you had enough money, you could afford the sandals, cool. But, you know, bring the fattened calf and let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again, was lost and now is found. They began to celebrate. So what's the father's heart towards the son? Does he want him to be a slave? Does he want him to be a hard hand? Huh? Do you think God's will for your life is a slave, a servant? 
Make me like one of your hired hands. He said, would you have faith? Because I'm telling you, my friends, that is a lie from the very pits of hell to keep you less than what God called you to. Amen? And I, I've lived there before myself. Verse 25. Now, this is very interesting. Meanwhile, the older brother was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what's going on. The brother has come home, he replied. Your father has killed the fattened calf because he has found him back safe and sound. Verse 28. The older brother began to become angry and refused to go in. So he went out to the father and pleaded with him. So the father went out and pleaded with him. Eh? Who's pleading with the son? Okay. So now, this is the second son, am I right? What's his problem? He's jealous of the father's goodness towards the son. And what does he think about the younger brother? Say again. Big loser, brah. Am I right? Big L on his forehead. And what about his worth? What does he think the son's worth? Not the father, the, the older brother. A piece of... Am I right? I won't swear. He, he's, he's dung. He's useless. He's worthless. He's no good. He's rubbish. He should have stayed with the pigs. Yes? That's the older brother. Now, 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 now what's his problem? What's the older brother's problem? Power? He's irritated, yeah? I mean, you can understand it to a measure, but I want to suggest to you that the oldest brother's problem is exactly the same as the youngest brother's problem. And I want to suggest to you that they had faith for exactly the same thing. What was the, older, what was the younger brother coming back to say to the father? What was his faith level at? Make me a servant. Make me a slave. Make me like one of your hired men. Am I right? That's where his faith level was at. Okay? Now watch this. So the father comes out, goes out to him, eh? pleads with him, but, and now listen to what the older brother says. But he answered his father, look! Like open your eyes, old man. Wake up. Now watch this. All these years, I have been slaving for you I never disobeyed your orders. Right there, what's his problem? What's this guy's identity? Who, when I asked you, who are you? Who's this guy? What's his mentality, Brandon? A slave. A slave. And performance. I've never once stepped wrong. I've never once disobeyed your orders. Wow. This guy had the exact same faith as the, older, as the younger son. Just make me a slave. I'm a slave. I've been slaving for you all of these years. Okay, now watch out. Yet, now, now it doesn't, it, there's not just, 
the slave mentality, but there's animosity towards the father. There's a feeling that the father is unfair, unjust, and not good. Watch here. So I've been slaving for you all of these years, and I've never disobeyed your orders, eh? Yet, you never gave me even a young goat to celebrate with my friends. I think he's a little bit pissed off. Hey? Am I right? Hey? Big time, but this guy's got so many offenses and hurts. They've just been stacked over the time. Now watch up, verse 30. But, yet, when this son of yours, who is, he mentions the sin, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. You never gave me a kid goat. But this guy, unworthy piece of, he comes home, he's useless, he's worthless, he's spent all of your money. You kill the fatted calf for him. Oh. Now watch the father's response, eh? Now this is what you need to hear, and this is what I need to hear. Listen to the father's heart towards the son. Listen to the father's thinking and the father's mentality on how he sees the son. There's a, we've seen how the son sees himself, both of them. But look at how the father sees them. Look at, this is the father's view of their identity. This is what the father says about them. My son. So you're not a slave? You're not a hired hand? What are you? A son of God. You're a son of God. Jesus won the right for you to become a son of God. You, you're my son. Watch here. You are always with me. In other words, you've got access to my presence. You've got access to my proximity. You live in my house. You're in my space. You're always with me. Now, the next point is even more radical. And everything I have is yours. What does that mean? Help me understand what that, what's the father saying to this older brother? Now remember, Mike, Mike, eh? had he divided the inheritance between them? Had he divided the inheritance between them? It's not a trick question. Yes. Yes. And does that mean that the older brother had received his? It's not a trick question. Yes. Does that mean that the older brother could have had the fattened calf anytime he wanted? Say it. Yes. Yes. Christ is enough for me. Christ won the right for me to be a son of God. And I have proximity to his presence and everything he has is mine. But if I believe the lies of the devil and I stay in a slavery mentality, I will never access the Father's presence, I will never access the Father's resources, and I will have animosity towards the Father, and I will blame the Father when my life is miserable, because I've had a slavery attitude my whole life. Wow. Can you feel the power of that? 
I want to suggest to you that the older brother is as far from his father in terms of his heart as the younger brother was in terms of proximity. Both don't understand the father. Both don't understand the father's heart. Both don't understand their sonship. And both don't understand the authority they have and the access they have to the father's resources. It's amazing, isn't it? So, I want to three things, three promises that the father gives the son. One, you're my son. Two, you're always with me, access to his presence. And three, all my resources are your resources. I gave you the inheritance. Your problem is you had less faith than your younger brother. At least he took it and used it. You did nothing with it. You've been slaving for me. Verse 32. But we had to celebrate because this brother of yours was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's now found. But actually, both of them are lost. And the father's trying to find both of them. Happy? Now, there's the third son in the story. Now, if you know the third son, don't shout it out, but if you haven't heard this preach, who's the third son? Can I tell you? Do you want to know? It's Jesus. The perfect son. The son of the kingdom. The son of the father. The son of man that has come from heaven to earth to restore the fallen sons of man to their father in heaven. To give them the right to become the true sons of the kingdom and to show them that, remember what, when Jesus, he was, resurrect, he was resurrected from the dead and Mary's there. And he says, go tell the disciples that I'm returning to my father and your father, to my God and to your God. Yes, tell them that's what's happening. I've, 1 Corinthians 5, to those that received him, he gave the right to be children of God. Uh, one Corinthians says, to, um, he's, you, you, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. All of this is from God, who was not counting the world's sins against him, but that he was through Christ, was reconciling the world to himself. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We implore you on God's behalf, be reconciled to God, because God made him who had no sin to become sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you get it? So, now watch you, watch you, watch you. Jesus is the perfect son of the kingdom. Remember what God said to Jesus at his baptism. You are mine. Whom I? With you I am. Isn't that so similar to my son? You are always with me. Everything I have is yours. Yes or no? It's different, but it's similar. Are you happy? Happy? Now, is, whose image and likeness are you and I being conformed into? Jesus. Does God want you to become like Jesus? 100%. Okay? Did, what did Paul say? Follow my example as I follow the example of? Christ. 
is Christ the perfect example of what a kingdom son looks like on earth and how he manifests on earth? What did Jesus say? Everything, I tell you the truth, the son can do, nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. And he can only say what he hears the father saying. All right? Then listen to what it says. In fact, I want to read it for you because it's so important. Go with me quickly to John chapter 5, verse 19. Okay? This is, this is so powerful if you get this. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. Now watch out, verse 20. This is fundamental. Why? Why? Why does the father sow the son stuff? Why does he speak to him, give him stuff? For... The Father loves the Son and shows Him all He does. Yes, even to your amazement, He will show Him even greater things than these. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to them He is pleased to give it. Now what you need to see there is, you have been raised from dead to life by Jesus. And the Father's love has been shared abroad in your heart. And because of that, the Father wants to show you things and the Father wants to speak things to you on how to be the man. All those expectations, Brandon, that, that the world puts on you, that your wife has of you and that your children have of you and your boss has of you and the church has of you. They're not wrong expectations. They're not bad expectations. They are good. They are God and they are right. Here's the difference. Slavery mentality says, look at me, buddy. What's your name? It's Irvin. Stuart. Struan. I was going to say Stuart, but I knew it wasn't Stuart. Sternan. Struan. 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 Watch out. Struan. Is that it? Struan. Boom. I love it. Okay. Struan. You're not a slave. Okay. You're not a slave. You're a son. And even if you disobey his orders, we shouldn't disobey his orders. But even if we did disobey his orders, he forgave us and he gave us the right to be sons. Are you with me? And because you are a son and because he loves you, he gives you access to his presence and he gives you access to all of his resources so that you can fulfill the expectations that life and everything put on you. But you don't fulfill them as a slave earning. You fulfill them as a son that has received it. Exactly. Yes. Because this is a progressive revelation. You, you just don't all get it. You, you definitely learn to grow into these things. You're with me like Max. And they... And there are steps of faith to do all of this. But I, I need you to see that. Can you see that? Okay, now. Okay, so John 5. So let me. I'll, first scripture, Romans 8, 17. Creation is longing for the sons of God to be revealed. Second scripture, John chapter 1. To those who received him, to those who accepted, he gave the right to be children of God. Okay? Next scripture, Luke 15 parable of, the, of the, the sons. What's the lesson? We are called to be like the son Jesus telling the story. Kingdom sons and daughters. Those three things. My son, 
You are always with me. Everything I have is yours. Happy with that? Jesus is our example. Of, of, he would perfectly manifest as a son of God on earth. How did he do it? By accessing his father, by getting into the father's presence. And in his father's presence, this father spoke to him. Yes? And told him stuff. Are you, are you with me so far? Okay, now I want to show you how prophetically God is speaking to us today. Brandon said something. And he said, just what? What did God say to you? Just what? Now, why is that significant? Because when you think just follow him, what scripture pops into your head? Was there one? John 10. The good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I call my own sheep out by name. Stuart! He knows your name. Yes? He knows your name. And then the Bible says, the, my, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. They listen to me and they follow my voice. They will not follow the voice of a stranger. Are you with me? And then he says, they will come in and they will go out and they will find pasture through me. Are you with me? Now, I want to suggest this to you, and we'll close in five. Is that okay? Jesus, help us. When God said to Jesus, you're my son, whom I love, and with you I'm well pleased, he received something. Do you know what he received? Huh? Someone said, what did he receive? He received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down in the holy form of love, yes. He received the devil the Father was affirming him. But go with me quickly to 2 Peter chapter 1. Okay, and we're going to read it from verse um, 16, okay? 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 16. We do not fully cleverly invent the stories, but when he told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we were our witness of his majesty, Okay. You know, the Bible says that you're a royal son. You're a royal priesthood. Am I right? You purchased men for God from every tribe, tongue, and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom of priests, to rule on earth, and to serve our God. I want to tell you something, my friends. You are called to rule on this earth. We were eyewitness of his majesty because his majestic, because his royal, and we are his sons and daughters. We can be royal. You happy with that? Now look at verse 5. I want you to see, ask yourself this question. What did he receive? What did he receive? For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic mountain saying, sorry, from the majestic glory saying, this is my son with whom I love, with you I am well pleased. What did he receive? Glory and honor. Now, in the world, do you receive glory and honor or do you work for it? In religion, do you receive glory and honor or do you work for it? 100% you work for it. But in the kingdom, do you work for it or do you receive it? You receive it. Up until his baptism, had Jesus done one miracle? No. Michael Eaton says baptism is a preliminary for ministry. 
Did Jesus have any need of baptism? Of John's? John's baptism was a baptism of? So why did Jesus need to get baptized? Two reasons. One, he was setting an example for us to follow. And two, he received glory and honor. He received the infilling and empowering of the Holy Spirit in his baptism. He received glory and honor from God. That thing gets tested in the desert. If you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, if you're the son of God. He says, man will not live on bread alone, but every word. Remember what I heard my father say, hey? So the devil comes, causes him to doubt God's word. He says, foot sack, man, I'm a son of God. God told me I'm a son. I'm not a slave. I'm not going to try and prove my sonship. I don't have to turn stones into bread. I don't have to throw myself off a mountain. I don't have to bow down and worship you. I am a son because God told me I'm a son, and I'm standing on his word. I'm not going to bow down and perform for you. Yes? Comes out in the power of the Spirit, and he starts to work from this position of glory and honor. Now, he faced suffering. He faced a lot of temptations. He faced opposition from sinful men, but he never let go of his identity as the son of God. And that's what you guys, you mustn't let go of this identity of who you are. Now, <laughs> this is all introductory because basically I taught the same stuff last time. Remember Romans chapter, I mean Hebrews chapter four, verse 16. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Do you remember that? Mercy was God's forgiveness and grace was God's empowering grace. Yes? Now, I said five minutes and I've got to finish, but there's one scripture I want you to write down. Also Peter, 2 Peter chapter, same, same, same chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1 and just before it, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this, guys. This is going to help you. His divine power. Whose divine power? Remember the expectations? So there's expectations, all right? So what do you need to meet, meet, need to meet those expectations? His divine power. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything you need for life and godliness, Bradley. Where are you going to get it from? From Jesus. From following the good shepherd who knows your voice. I mean, who knows your name. You've got to learn to know his voice. His divine power is going to give you everything you need for life and godliness. Watch out. How do you access this? Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. What was the problem with the two brothers? Did they know their father? Did they know their father's glory and goodness? No. They had an incorrect perception of the father. They thought he was a slave master, both of them. They didn't realize he was a good father. Now you need to understand there that uh, you, need to, you need to ask God for a revelation of the knowledge of him. And you need a who called us by his own glory and goodness. What, this is, what's your name? Mandla. Mandla. I love it. Listen, Mandla. When God called you, he didn't look to you to think, let me see how good you are. Let me see how glorious you are. You're not so glorious. You're not so good. We leave you. He didn't go to the older brother and say, you know what? You are so glorious and so good. You've been such a glorious slave. You've been such a good slave. Watch your student. You've been such a good boy. You never disobeyed my orders. Because of your glory and goodness, my slave, I'm going to make you a better slave, a bigger one, a more responsible one. Oh, you younger brother, you slach, ugly, filthy, disgusting, syphilis, full, AIDS-ridden, disgusting guy. You're disqualified because you're not glory and good. That's how we think. 
The Father says, because of my glory and because of my goodness, I choose you. I call you by name and I invite you into my kingdom to be my son. And as you get to know me, you will know who you are and then you will rise to become the son of God that I called you to be. My son, in my presence, using my resources. Wow! That's powerful, my friends. Do you get it? Now let's finish the scripture and we're done. Through these, watch here. Through these, he has given us very great and precious promises. What are the promise? What does the these mean? Through these, what does it refer to? Yes, Ephraim. Watch here. Through these, your name again, sir. Irvin, that's right. Irvin, watch here. Irvin, watch here. God's promises to you are not based on your glory and goodness. They are based on his glory and goodness. So his divine power gives you everything you need through life and godliness as you get to know him. And his calling of you is based on his glory and goodness. Then he gives you promises. What's your name? Ainsley. He, Ainsley, he gives you promises that are not based on your own glory and goodness, but that are based on his glory and goodness. And through those promises, it says here, you may participate in the divine nature and you may escape the corruption in the world that is caused by evil desires. Watch out. Your name again, Andrew. Eh? You're Andrew. But you have got an amazing position as a teacher to influence a whole generation of orphan sons and daughters that don't know their moms and dads, that they are slaves to a worldly and a religious system, and you've got the kingdom inside of you, but, and you can introduce them to the king. But you've got to get it for yourself first. So now watch out. His divine power. I believe that's the Holy Spirit. Jesus received the Holy Spirit at his baptism. Okay? We need to understand that we've been given the Spirit. And the Spirit empowers us everything we need for life and godliness. Because God is so good. The Holy Spirit is the gift of the Father. It's the promise of the Father given by Jesus. The promise is this, that you're a son of God. The promise is this, that you've got access to his resources. And the promise is this, that he wants to bring his kingdom from heaven to earth through you. If you will believe that promise, you can participate in the life of the Spirit, and that will set you free from your flesh. And your flesh, my friend, is two things. It is religious. Your flesh wants to make you a slave, and it doesn't want you to get to disobey God's any orders because then it keeps you bound. And your flesh is worldly. It loves sin. It loves to squander and in the pigsty. But the way... If by the Spirit you put to death the flesh, the religious flesh and the worldly flesh, you will live. I'm going to pray that for you right now. Is this helpful? Is this amazing, isn't it? Eh? This is, but this is Christianity 101. This is foundational Christianity, what we teach people when they get saved. But wow, I've been a pastor for 21 years of Lighthouse, been saved for 40 years, and I'm telling you, I'm learning this stuff in the last couple of years. Wow. Let's stand. Guys, can you see how significant this today is? Can you see how God is speaking? I mean, I had no clue to tell him to do a, a testimony, and I definitely have never been branded in my life before. But he said, God says, Jesus is enough if you follow him. 
Nice gave us the testimony of him following Jesus, going through a bit of suffering to live a life of glory. That's my whole message summed up for you. God is not just speaking today. He's shouting at us. But not shouting um, because he's angry. Shouting because he's desperate for you to manifest as his son. Wow. Isn't that amazing? All of you. Guys, I did, my mom and dad got divorced when I was like eight years old. My dad died when I was 17. I don't know what it means to have a father. But I'm telling you, he's teaching me. And I'm seeing his goodness, and it's amazing. So I tell you that to say, no matter where you're from, you might not know your man, your dad. You might not know your man. The, in, in, in John it says, not by a husband's will or human decision, but born of God. The fact is that the good shepherd knows your name, Manta. That's all that matters. Why don't you just close your eyes? Lord, we didn't come here for nothing. We didn't just come here to, to play a game, to sing a song, and to hear a talk. We came to meet with the living God. We came to meet with our Heavenly Father. And Father, this afternoon, we don't want to rush off you without receiving from you. And like that younger brother said, Father, forgive me because I've sinned against heaven and against you. And I, you know, guys, I promise you, I find myself repenting often of religious sin, of slavery sin. I think most, most Christian men, they might have some slavery to some worldly sin, but the truth is they're often just religious slaves. They're older brothers. And I wonder if you could just start to say, Father, just there in your own heart, just do business with God and just, you know, there could be some worldly sin that you need to confess, but... There's most probably a lot of never disobeying your orders, slaving for you every day. That you just tell the Father about even now. Lord, here we are. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us for where we've listened to the enemy, where we've allowed a religious spirit to control our lives. Where, Lord, like Brandon said, the expectations of the world. And we've given up because we don't feel like we can meet them. Forgive me, Lord. Just say, forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry, Father. Maybe you also need to forgive your mother or your father, or you've, like, like you've had people in your life like Max that have laughed at you and then have said, you, <laughs> never. Just forgive those people now. Just say, Father, 
this bitterness is holding me back, this resentment. Or maybe, maybe you've lived your whole life trying to prove people wrong, but, that, but that, that, that desire to prove people wrong has become something that is driving you into the ground. And I feel like God is saying to you, hey, you don't have to perform for anyone. You don't have to, perf- you don't have to prove yourself to anyone. You can stop, you can get off the treadmill. Just see who you are, who I've made you. See who you are in me. Follow me. Now, this is the key thing. Receive from me. Receive from me. Are you ready to receive, my friend? Are you ready to receive? Hey? Yes. Jesus in John chapter 17 said this, Father, the time has come. Glorify me that I might glorify you. Honor me that I might honor you. Isn't that beautiful? I'm telling you, when I was a religious slave, it would have been blasphemy and sinful to pray, honor me, Lord. (laughs) You understand? But Jesus prayed it because he wanted the Father to give him honor so that he could give it back to the Lord. You can only give to God what God you first received from God. And in this moment, I'm telling you, my friends, God wants to pour out his grace on your life, his Holy Spirit in your life, and he wants to glorify you. He received glory and honor from God the Father. And I want you to get ready. I want you to say, say, thank you, Father, that I'm your son. Thank you that I'm always with you. Thank you that I have access to your resources. Thank you that you are pleased with me. And thank you that you love me. Honor me now. Glorify me now. Fill me with your spirit. I receive from you in Jesus' name. Maybe just pray in tongues. I'm going to pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every man here. Father God, I thank you for what you've done this often, and I thank you for what you are doing in Jesus' name. And Father God, we just come before you. I claim the blood of Jesus over every man here. I thank you that that blood gives us access into your throne room. And we come confidently and we come boldly before the throne of our gracious God in heaven. And we say, Father God, rip open the heavens. Lord Jesus, when you died, the temple curtain was torn. And Lord Jesus, you left the Holy of Holies. The Holy Spirit left the Holy of Holies so that the Shekinah glory of God could live in the hearts of men and women. And so right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, release your spirit. Release your divine power into their hearts, into their spirits. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for a shift 
in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every lying spirit. I rebuke every orphan spirit, every rejected spirit, every mocked spirit, every spirit that has kept these men down. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I say, be free, Hope City men. Be free in Jesus' name. And Father God in heaven, right now, Lord Jesus, baptize them with the Holy Spirit. Baptize them with fire. Let your fire fall, Lord Jesus, and let it consume every bit of lie that the enemy has spoken over their lives. I break every curse prayed over every man here. I break every negative word spoken over these men, saying that they were useless, that they were worthless, that they could not amount to anything, that they would never be anyone or do anything significant. I break those lies in Jesus' name. And I say to you in Jesus' name, arise and shine. For the glory of God appears over you. You're a son. You can manifest as a son. You've got the right to be a son. And his divine power gives you everything you need for life and godliness. In Jesus' name. Lord, every mindset that tells them that God, you're not good. And that you're not for them. And that you're against them. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. And we pray, Father God, for Holy Spirit guide them and lead them into the truth of who they are and more importantly, whose they are. Lord, move them from a what to a who. You know, guys, the word amen is a very powerful word and it means so be it. Amen? Now listen, I know God is not deaf, but sometimes You've got to get, you know, the Bible says that they praised God with a loud voice. They shouted. They lifted their voices. You know, when they were going to take the walls of Jericho, God said to them, blow the trumpets, clap and shout for God has given you the city. There's something about a, like a roar that needs to come from deep within inside of you sometimes just to cause some city walls to break down in your lives. Am I right? So only if you're comfortable to, but I'm very comfortable to this. I'm going to count to three, my friends. And on the count of three, I want... Man, this roof to lift off with the amen that comes from deep inside of you. But the amen is saying, God, so be it. Let me manifest as a son. Let me manifest as a son. Let me know for sure that I'm with you, that I'm your son, that I've got access to your resources. I don't have to apologize for living and breathing and taking up space. No, 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 no. I'm a son of God. I can reign on this earth. Have you have faith for that? Is this good? You ready? Okay, we're going to go amen three times, but as, as much as you can muster. One, two, three. Amen! 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 Yes, Lord. Thank you for this church. May it be turned upside down, Father God, as these men rise to become the men you've called them to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. There we go. <laughs> Love you, but. It's amazing how some of the basic truth of our faith, when you just hear it a different way, inspired by the Holy Spirit, it just brings new life. I mean, this is not old truth, and yet I can feel it going from my head to my heart. 
you know. Bruce, thank you so much, bro. It's amazing. We are blessed to, to know you and for you to be part of this church in the way that you are. So thanks also to the Lighthouse guys who came out. Good to see you guys again. Don't beat us in the soccer field next time. <laughs> You've got the trophy. <laughs> uh, awesome, guys. Enjoy your evening. We'll see you tomorrow at...